This is a Dreamcast disc and is for use only on a Dreamcast unit. Playing this disc on a hi-fi or other audio equipment can cause serious damage to its speakers. Dreamcast, up to six billion players. Why don't we play together? Hey, 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 it's time to make some crazy money. Are you ready? Here we go! Please stop this disc now. Now, 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 now. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you may be. Thank you for hitting that play button or downloading. This is episode 38 of the Dreamcast Junkyard Dream Pod. It's officially the best podcast called dream pod i'll stand by that i put my i put my life on the line it's true it's true <laughs> endorse that uh, my name is tom and i am joined by a man whose voice is so silky it could create a resonance cascade on its own if you worked at black mesa it's the bristolian <laughs> lothario it's mike Phelan. hello tom that was an interesting introduction <laughs> you don't actually work at you don't work at black mesa do you i couldn't possibly say tom <laughs> <laughs> The reason I ask is because I've been playing a lot of Half-Life recently, so I just, I've just got it on the brain. Mike, we do have a special guest all the way from the land of YouTube. He's a, he's a joker, a smoker, and a midnight toker, apparently. Uh, his name is Max. He's also known as Dreamcast Guy. Hello, Max. Hello, hello. Very awesome to be here. Big, big fan. Thank you. Likewise, I am one of your 40,000 subscribers, so uh, I'm quite familiar with with your work. I'm sure after this podcast, some more people will be uh, tuning into your channel as well. We will come to you shortly, Max, and talk a little bit all about about you, basically, and your channel and YouTube in general. Uh, But as we always do, first things first on the podcast, uh, I'm going to ask Mike if you've actually uh, you've played anything or picked anything up for the Dreamcast or for the PS4 or any other console that you own in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so I've so I've bought a couple of things this week. I've bought uh, Formula One 2016 on oh, the okay. Xbox mm. One, which is a great game. I love Formula One games, and this one's fantastic. I also have purchased a 2DS. Okay, ah. that's, that's the one that looks like a slice of bread. Yeah. It does, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's an odd one. Um, I had a, I had a 3DS. Um, I never really got on with it. Uh, I fancied playing some uh, some Mario games. Uh, no, don't shoot me. Yeah, it's, it was cheap. To be honest, yeah. the reason I bought it was cheap. Did you not get on with it because it was the 3D or, or what? I couldn't get on with the 3D at all. But it just I didn't I didn't like the. My hands are very big. Okay. And I could never get on with the 3DS. Um, I had the original one. I had. The XL, the original XL, um, neither of them really really suit with me. But there's a couple of games that I've sort of been uh, wanting to go back to and new ones to play. So, uh, yeah, picked it up. I've never actually played on a 3DS. Oh, wait, I've played okay. on one like once. Um, but it's if I do buy another console in the next couple of well, weeks or months, it's probably going to be a 3DS because I've been eyeing them up online yeah. to see how. They're actually quite cheap now, so I'm looking at maybe purchasing one of those in the near future. There's a, there's a lot of games on it. I think there's a lot of shovelware, but there's mm. there's some good titles. I think, you know, as with all Nintendo consoles, the, the Nintendo first-party titles are um, a, a fair bet to be games yeah good games yeah yeah max sorry you had something to say there yeah the uh the 3ds has a lot of great stuff uh, a lot of rpgs that's kind of what's yeah. blown me away is is i've had a 3ds and i just love the idea of like because i ride the train everywhere so it's great to just be able to sit down and like gr- grind on rpgs is great yeah 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 i'm fascinated by the 3d effect as well I, I i really need to get one anyway uh mike is that everything you've been playing have you been playing anything on the dreamcast as well i've been playing a little bit on dreamcast uh mainly in preparation for today's podcast 
Um, okay. Been playing a few little classics from the from the uh, from the past, and a couple of indie titles. Um, I've getting prepared for the next batch of indie titles to come out, which I think we've got one coming out next month. Um, and uh, so we've been playing through some of the other ones. That there's a, a surprising large amount of quality. I think a lot of people uh, just remember the shmups for the Dreamcast, but I've been playing I've been playing all the, the indie games on shmups, and uh, it's been good. Can you can you name check some of them? I can indeed. So I've been playing Alice Mom's Rescue. Um, I've been playing, mm, yeah, which is a great game. Uh, my my other half is a massive Alice in Wonderland fan and collector. So anything even remotely Alice in Wonderland related, um, I have to get anyway. Um, <laughs> it's a good game. Uh, I've, I've been playing uh, PS Solar, which I haven't really played much of yet. So that's that was good. Um, and Rush Rush Rally Racing. Excellent. Yeah, I picked up Rush Rush Rally Racing recently myself. It's a, it's a really, really cool game. Yeah, it was I think your, I think your last, the last podcast. I think you uh, spoke about it quite a bit then, and, and I wanted to go back to it and play it again. I still got past level five, which is worrying me. But Yeah, but you're not alone, mate. It's really difficult and rubbish at it. So. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I thought I was good at top-down racers. My, my entire childhood's just been ruined in one game, which is <laughs> annoying. <laughs> Cool. Okay, um, Max. How about you? I mean, do you, you obviously on on YouTube you're known as Dreamcast guy. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's because you have a uh, you know a, a love for the Dreamcast. I have quite the extensive collection. Yes. Excellent. That's what that's what we like to hear. To be honest, uh, do you, I mean have you played on the Dreamcast recently at all? Have you played picked anything up or? I've been playing uh, Pure Solar HD on there just because I'm a big fan of RPGs uh, in general, and I feel like I really like the weird niche stuff and that is such a bizarre project Uh, they made it originally on the genesis and then an hd remake on the dreamcast and if you put that through vga it looks incredible with all the hand-drawn backgrounds yeah Uh, yeah. so been playing that and uh some sonic adventure 2 i just every couple of years i decide i gotta sit down and beat a bunch of sonics again yeah, <laughs> and what about um, like current gen stuff? Have you played anything recently? Um, yeah, obviously I I review the newest game each week, so I'm stuck in a perpetual cycle of trying to be the most current YouTuber. And so, <laughs> um, last week I reviewed that new Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, uh, and was just blown away. Like, wow! If you have a current gen console, highly recommend that. It is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I did watch your review. Didn't you give it like nine point five out of ten? I 10? gave it a nine point five. Yeah, I, if it wasn't for some animation problems, I in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. it'd be a ten out of ten. It is, it is so. I've just never played a sneaking game that was so fun to just like sneak through a whole room and just spend an hour beating the hell out of people. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. You uh, you made a point about the way that the characters kind of move their arms around as they're speaking, as if they've got something oh wrong my. with them. <laughs> it's so, I mean, people will literally be like talking about like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna go have a bagel, and they'll start lifting their arm, and it's like, are you, are you having a problem? Is this a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> Do I get a doctor? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, well, we'll talk a little bit more about your Dreamcast, uh, sorry, oh, your yeah, yeah. YouTube channel uh, very shortly. But um, yeah, just to speak about things I've been playing and things I've picked up, uh, I've picked up a couple of things, uh, mainly digital downloads uh, on the PS4 and on the Vita. I'm probably the only person still playing on the Vita on the planet. So uh, yeah, I'm going to sing its praise. <laughs> what, sorry, what was that? I was say, I'm right there with you, man. I am a huge Vita, huge Vita fan. So I'm right Excellent. there with you. High five. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes, I've been playing uh, on the PS4. I've been playing a game called Layers of Fear, which is a a kind of a a first-person horror game. Uh, It's kind of in the vein of PT, but not Mm -hmm. quite PT. It's uh, more kind of 
jump scares and like paintings melting off walls and that kind of thing. And yeah, my girlfriend saw it as I was playing it. And there was this section where I was walking down this corridor and this, uh, this grand piano just kind of suddenly smashed itself through a wall and she kind of screamed and ran out of the room. I was like, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's good enough for me. Um, on the Vita, I've been playing a game called Nidhog, which is like mm-hmm. this kind of side-scrolling kind of 2D, like almost almost 8-bit kind of pixel art, like fencing game. I don't know if you've seen it or played mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh, that's really, really cool. Uh, game Boy Advance, I've been playing on Rayman 3. Uh, also on the Vita, Rayman Origins. I, I, so for some reason, Rayman has like taken over my life recently, <laughs> just randomly. <laughs> I'm that way with Castlevania right now. I am just... I don't remember what caused it. I found I was at a convention and I found uh, the PSP game Dracula X Chronicles. And now I'm just for the last like two weeks, I am hopelessly addicted to everything Castlevania. And I have no idea how the Castlevania bug bit me. <laughs> I suppose there could be worse things you could be addicted to. Like with me at the moment, I'm addicted to trying to find out how this uh, this guy is who played the Dreamcast Barber in the UK. Uh, uh, so we, we, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole on this particular <laughs> I, episode. I've, I've read the articles. Very good reads. Very interesting. Yeah. Thank you very much. appreciate it. On the Dreamcast, I played a little bit of Bomberman Online. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a game I'd never played before oh. last week. Uh, so yeah, I've been just getting stuck into that because I'm probably going to do a, a feature on it, and also Demolition Racer, just because I ah. uh, found out that it's got the uh, the hidden light gun mode. Yeah. Uh, oh so I, wow. Yeah, if you um, if you unlock the uh, it's called Big Car Hunter. Um, it's hidden in the options menu. You can actually plug a light gun into the Dreamcast and shoot cars as they come towards you on the screen, which is quite cool to find. <laughs> that the Dreamcast has actually got a light gun game that nobody really knows about. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, that's Demolition Racer. Check that one out if you uh, get the chance. Okay, cool. Now we're up to speed on what we've been playing, what we've uh, been playing on the current gen and on the Dreamcast. Let's uh, let's come to you, Max. Let's talk about YouTube. You've been on YouTube since 2008, if I'm correct. Yeah, I feel like uh, I consider my my main when I started getting really hardcore about it and trying to to be a YouTube person is probably 2013. I've been doing uh, two or three videos a week since 2013. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've I've got my I've got a YouTube channel myself, but it's nowhere on the scale of yours. I mean, I've got like 400 subscribers. You've got nearly 40,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said earlier, I am a subscriber because I think your content is fantastic. I love the uh, the top 10 lists that you do and the reviews and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyone listening to this, if you just go to YouTube, type in Dreamcast Guy, you, you will find Max. Well worth checking out. But let's talk about how you kind of got started with YouTube. What what made you want to, you know, be a YouTuber, as it were? Uh, I guess like most people, in 2008, I stumbled upon an angry video game nerd video, and I really liked his his combination. Like he. It was content that was very easy to understand and it looked so easy to make. It's just a guy sitting down and talking on camera and showing clips of gameplay. And yeah. at that time, I was still trying to find the last like 50 Dreamcast games. And so I'd go into like all these different stores every day and be like, oh, you guys got any Dreamcast games? And then I was <laughs> like, oh, not today, Dreamcast guy. And so when I <laughs> went home and decided like, oh, I'm going to make a YouTube channel. Well, I'll use this crappy nickname. So my first like three or four videos that exist on the channel are like very angry video game nerd style jokey reviews of like sonic adventure and stuff yeah i went back and had a look at your, your first like you know not to be stalkerish or anything oh, but no, I, went, no. <laughs> I went back into the archive and actually looked at your, your, your earlier videos because there's a lot of like dreamcast let's plays and yeah. that kind of thing and yep. yeah it's really cool to find out how you actually got the name dreamcast guy because uh, mm-hmm. yeah that's a that's pretty interesting um YouTube in general, I I consume far too much YouTube content. Oh, um, me too, me too. 
and I think for some people, it's kind of just like, people who are professional YouTubers. It's kind of like a way of life, and um, there's all there's all this kind of thing at the moment with like this like YouTube drama and, mm-hmm. and this kind of thing. People who are not really involved in or, or really give a toss about YouTube. I mean, uh, they probably won't know really what we're talking about. But what what's your take on this? Like, I'm going to sue this guy and. There's all this drama over here. and I don't know if I like it, but I'm very fascinated that it exists. Like, if you consider old media, like uh, TVs and movies, those actors were having those kinds of wars, but they have all these publicists in the way, so we never saw it. This is the first time that we're seeing, like, the new age of air quotes celebrities, these online celebrities, where they have a problem, they'll make a video being like... Hey, uh, uh, Tom, your, ch- your website sucks and I hate you. And you can make a, a video being like, Hey, Dreamcast guy, how about you go screw yourself or I'll sue you? Uh, it's interesting. I don't know if it's positive overall. I don't know if it's negative overall, but it's, it's interesting that we're in a time where people who are literally millionaires can make videos calling each other out. It's fascinating that you mentioned that because, uh, you've got not just that, for example, with, if it was me versus you, which obviously mm-hmm. it's not, it's not. <laughs> yeah, not at all. <laughs> um, we can we we have these like armies of fans to call on, oh, on yeah. each other and then and send them to each other's like you know and there's all this doxing and and this kind of thing and it's, it's it, it can actually be quite quite scary you know how much power these people do have I mean not to single any particular YouTubers out you know I I mean I quite like watching the videos that you know this guy Leafy is here makes and then oh, you've, yeah. got this, you've got this other guy called Keemstar who makes these counter videos and they they kind of hate each other and it's just this kind of weird passive aggressive like hate against each other and then they get their fans to go and dislike oh, each other's yeah. videos and things have you ever had any negative attention yourself as a youtuber i have uh i have been doxxed once i have received quite a lot of death threats and of course everybody every youtuber gets that um i i pissed off a couple people big youtubers fans here and there where i did a review that was very very positive and a big reviewer did a review that was very very negative and i said something on twitter like oh uh so and so seemed to really hate this facet of the game despite it being so well designed and they ended up retweeting it and all their fans down i mean i got like 400 down votes on one video like in a day like instant instant like hate bomb um wow. you know that how, that's how it goes and you also you'll you'll randomly have people where people like obsessively hate a youtuber and that youtuber ends up being like hey man dreamcast guy's been really shooting up in subscribers and all of a sudden his army of haters is like let's go bomb that guy and photoshop him being horribly killed by clowns and you know it, ha- <laughs> it, it happens i i've get some horrible hate but that's such a small percentile of it overall, thankfully. Yeah, I, I, I know there's a story at the moment with a guy. Uh, he's called Review Tech USA. He's currently dealing with a, a oh, sort yeah. of a like a, a troll, however you want to call it. Yeah, um, a troll stalker, if anything. Mm, yeah, yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention is you did a review of No Man's Sky mm-hmm. uh, very recently. I think it was one of the first reviews that was actually on YouTube. And yeah. that's reflected in the in the the views that it's had. Is it nearly it's nearly two hundred thousand views? Yeah, I think it's one hundred eighty thousand, one hundred eighty one thousand right now. I was very very fortunate to get a really early copy of that, and so I put like seventy hours into it and did a review before all the major websites because a fan from like Missouri sent me an early copy of it, whereas the actual 
like company did not send out review copies. So I got to put up a video way before anybody else with a lot of juicy details, which got me a lot of positive and negative feedback. But it was an interesting, uh, interesting week. Yeah, so I was going to say, did you get a lot of uh, negativity just based on because that game itself seems like a poison chalice? It doesn't matter what you say about it, you will get people hating you for it or you know loving you for it. It was, but it was a very interesting. It was a storm in a bottle. I really, really liked because obviously it was a huge shit storm, and I'm getting death threats and all sorts of stuff. But there was so much conversation so many people were were picking apart my video and picking apart the game and comparing like patch notes that were coming up down the line and so it was one of those times where it was like everybody there it got like a thousand dislikes but it got nearly three thousand likes on that video which is not a very good ratio of like to dislike overall but it was interesting to see so much passion because of something i wrote so it was i was very 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 happy with the result of that people go check out uh, dreamcast guys review of no man's sky that will bring this section of the podcast to a close. And after this little break, we will jump into the main topic of uh, this particular episode of DreamPod, and that is platform games. We're back after this. Okay, welcome back to episode 38 of the Dreamcast Junkyard DreamPod. We are joined by YouTube sensation. Is that too strong? I, I think it's a way too strong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, YouTuber, Dreamcast guy. Yeah. Uh, and this episode, we're talking about platform games. Now, platform games are one of the earliest genres to ever you know exist in video games, basically. And they are... You know, they were a lot more popular in, that, in the 16-bit era. Mm-hmm. However, they did transition quite well to the, uh, let's call it the 3D era. We're talking like, you know, 32 and 64-bit and then beyond. Um, the first, what I would consider to be um, mainstream, you know, smash of a, uh, a 3D platform would probably be Mario 64. Yeah. I know ones came mm-hmm. before that, like Bug on the Saturn, that kind of thing. And there's other like franchises like Spyro, for example. Mm-hmm. But I think Mario 64 was the breakthrough when it came to uh, 3D platformers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Happily, happily, the Dreamcast has a plethora of platformers, 3D, 2D, 2.5D. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about an honourable mention, uh, one we're not too keen on, and our favourite from the genre on the Dreamcast. Quite similar as we did with the um, the previous themed episodes, like the shmup episode and the fighting and the racing episodes. Ross, who is not here because he's, uh, he's having a barbecue, obviously his barbecue is far more important than coming on to the... Uh, <laughs> onto the podcast today and talking about platform games. So if you listen mm-hmm. to this, Ross, uh, we are thinking about you. Uh, and uh, I hope you get botulism from your <laughs> <laughs> from your badly cooked sausages. Anyway, <laughs> the Dreamcast has, uh, well, it's got quite a few different platform games, actually. Uh, and again, just going back to Ross, he compiled a list for me. So I'm going to run down the list here of all the different platform games on the Dreamcast. Some of these may be a bit contentious, whether or not they're platform games or just 3D adventure games, but bear with me. If you don't agree... Send Mike an email. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> or just uh, find uh, Max on, on YouTube and, and spam his comments. <laughs> no, it's, don't true, it's true, it's <laughs> true. <laughs> okay, without further ado, let's go down the list. Okay, so starting with Disney's 102 Dalmatians, Puppies to the Rescue, uh, Disney's Donald Duck Going Quackers, Disney's Buzz Lightyear at Star- of Star Command, Disney's Toy Story 2, then we have Evil Twin, Scipion's Chronicles, Frogger 2, Swampy's Revenge, uh, Fur Fighters, The Grinch, K.O. the Kangaroo, Legacy of Kane's Soul Reaver, MDK2, 
Napletail. I don't know how you pronounce this. I think it's Asia in Daydream. Yeah. I, I, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> I'm going to get murdered. Uh, Prince of Persia 3D, Rayman 2 The Great Escape, Sonic uh, on the Sega Smash Pack, and uh, the others, uh, I think it's Vector Man and a couple of others. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Slave Zero, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, Spider-Man, Super Magnetic Neo, Toad Jam and Earl 3, which was unreleased, but you can still actually download mm-hmm. it and burn it onto a disc. Two Raider Chronicles, Two Raider The Last Revelation, and also a couple of indie games as well. We've got Alice's Mom's Rescue, which we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Gunlord, and one that I'm pretty sure not many people will have played, which is called Polico Super Jelly Bean Quest, mm-hmm. which was a uh, a game that was released by CNL Team as a uh, an SD image. That's um, quite a fun little game yeah. that you can download for free if you go to Senile Team's website. And that is, that's the list. Is, is there any I've missed? Are there any glaring errors that I've... No, that sounds like it ra- rounds it out. I think there's a couple yeah. of Japanese titles, but nothing I can understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I say, uh, there's a couple on that list that many people may not consider to be platform games. Things like Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slave Zero. Yeah, Slave Zero. That's more of a, like a... Um, Fur Fighters jumps out at me yeah. as a, as an odd odd inclusion, but I understand it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly why we, we put this list together, and then we can kind of discuss what really should be classed as a platform yeah. game. Yeah, there's, there's some of these, some of them straddle various genres, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's, 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 very, it's very plastic, shall we say, on what can be considered a platform, especially when you enter the 3D realm. Oh, yeah. Anyway, now we've got the list out of the way. Let's uh, let's jump in and speak about the ones that we consider decent, not our favourite, but worth an honourable mention. Max, as you are our guest, I'm going to come to you first. What is your honourable mention when it comes to platformers? Uh, my honourable mention is going to be Sonic Adventure 2. It's a game I feel like people come back and harp on a lot. Uh, it didn't age the best, but I still think it's one of the most ingenious late Sega console era games. I just like all the different level types and how the game constantly changes up. It's a platformer for every kind of platformer. Yeah, and um, the one thing that kind of sticks in my mind about Sonic Adventure 2, apart from the uh, the obscene product placement from like soap oh, yeah. shoes, <laughs> was the um, was that amazing song in the first level where you're sliding oh, yeah. down the, uh, the the slopes of San Francisco? I thought it was amazing. I'll probably put that in as a bit of music actually for this, uh, for this episode. <laughs> but yeah, I, I quite like Sonic Adventure 2. I, I what I didn't like about it was some of the um, I didn't like the rouge levels, you know, where mm-hmm. you're flying around, and some of the, the the knuckles and like rouge levels where you have to kind of just like float around looking for those emeralds was. Uh, I I found those oddly peaceful. I don't know if it's just because I played it when I was like 13 or 14, but I kind of like the idea that some levels were lightning fast, some levels you're breaking into bases as Doctor Robotnik, and then there's some levels you're just floating around being a doof. I liked that. Yeah, you've actually kind of reminded me, actually, my least favorite part of that game was not the, the Knuckles and Rouge levels, it was actually the Tails and Robotnik levels, oh, yeah. where you're in you're in that kind of mech thing, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. why Why is he in a mech when he can fly? Yeah. Why don't he just like fly, <laughs> fly around? That would have been cool. What? <laughs> and they, they repeat like the same three flip phrases, he keeps like, off oh, system, full power! It's like, stop using that soundbite. <laughs> Use any other soundbite. What about you, Mike? What are your thoughts on uh, Sonic Adventure 2? Do you know what? I've, I've never actually played that much Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, really? For some, for some really? bizarre reason, I've never actually managed to get much into it. Um, I love yeah. the first one, but the second one, I just, I, I think it's, it's more the fact that if I get into it, I have this really bad feeling it's going to take ages and ages, and I just haven't got time. 
wasn't this the first time that um, that Shadow was introduced as well? Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So we've uh, we can put a black mark against its name for that. What? Um, <laughs> I, love, I love Shadow. I, I even have a, the Shadow doll. I'm such a cheese ball for Shadow. It's a it's a great late game, and it really mm-hmm. showed off what the Dreamcast could do. Mm-hmm. It, it looks amazing still to this day, mm-hmm. and um, does the sheer number of like as you say level types and all the little extra stuff such as like the the child gardens and that kind of thing. And have you? Max, have you seen the um, the 3D recreation of Green Hill Zone that you get if you unlock the entire game? I have. I have. I've seen it in a video. I've never actually been able to... While I 100% had Sonic Adventure 1, I have not been able to 100% Sonic Adventure 2, so I actually don't have that. Well, I've not done it either, but there's a little thing called VMU tool that you can get where you can actually get 100% game saves, transfer them onto yep. a VMU. I'm not condoning cheating, by the way, people listening to this, uh, but I did that just so I could play the, uh, the Green Hill Zone. And it's brilliant. It's like the best... 3D Sonic game you've ever played or never played in this case. That's us. I actually had the VMU tool. I didn't even think of that. I usually just use that to get the Marvel vs. Capcom 2 saves. I don't know if it's exactly the same as like the game from the uh, Mega Drive or Genesis version mm-hmm. of the first level of Green Hill Zone, but <laughs> I'm thinking, Sega have got all these issues now with Sonic and, and people saying that all the new 3D Sonic games are rubbish. Why don't they just use that as a blueprint to create a really cool 3D Sonic game? Because that alone is worth playing Sonic Adventure 2 for. It's phenomenally good. <laughs> really, really cool. Okay, Sonic Adventure 2. Mike, let's come to you. What is your honourable mention? Um, I had difficulty picking this because there's, there's a few. Um, I am going to go for Evil Twin. I think mainly for the aesthetics point of view rather than anything else. It's a sort of a, the closest uh, game on the Dreamcast to a Tim Burton-inspired game. Which uh, mm-hmm. that's a really good, that's really well put. Actually, well, that's my, that's my sort of thing. I think it's 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 got a really good sort of dark but kiddie sort of look, which is great. Get, it's, it plays okay. Um, you know, it's quite. To be honest, I think it's quite. If it wasn't for the sort of visuals, it would be quite a, a generic platformer. Yeah, for those people, for those people listening, um, Evil Twin is a PAL exclusive, yeah. and it came out quite late, didn't it? Two thousand and two, I think, wasn't it? Was it? So. Was it that late? So. Wow, and that's why it's. Um, if you go on eBay and look for Evil Twin, you you won't find it for less than maybe a hundred pounds. Mm. So, have you played this one, Max? I have not. It is actually one of the only European exclusives I have not beaten. I, I haven't even seen gameplay of it. I've seen a couple screenshots on forums, but I've never played it. It's, it's kind of like a. It's, it's almost like an Ice in Wonderland style story, isn't it? It is. It's, it's that sort of fairy tale, dark, twisted fairy tale setting. Controls are a little bit wooden, which I think is a, a problem for most Dreamcast platformers because of the lack of the second stick. But to an extent as well, I'm, I'm sort of glad that we we only had because the, the PS2 was just chock full of of sort of subpar platformers. So I think because we only have a few, which are sort of like non-kiddie ones, Evil Twin sort of stands out on Dreamcast a bit more. If it had been just a PS2 game, I think it would probably would have been forgotten. Because then it did get a port on the it PlayStation did, yeah. 2, didn't it? It, it did, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I do like Evil Twin. As you say, Mike, I like the uh, the aesthetic yeah. of it. I, I like the, the visuals. I mean, the frame rate sh- like stutters at times just because the graphics are so yeah. detailed. And, and, and everything looks like it's kind of been built with like wood and everything's really well textured and just kind of like a, a patchwork of like really interesting textures in, in all of the worlds that you... Because uh, it's actually set in like a dream world, isn't it? So... The uh, developer's imaginations kind of run wild, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, really it's a very, game. it's a very twisted sort of. Um, they've let the imagination come out, I think, quite a bit. I think a lot of the early screenshots, because I remember, or I've, I've gone back afterwards as well and seen some of the early sort of screenshots of the game. I think they 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 went for quite a late decision to make it quite dark as well. 
a darker mm-hmm. than usual because I think of the early screenshots, quite a few of them are a bit more colourful. Almost like a sort of a Conker's Bad Fur Day yeah. type thing where they kind of sw- switched it up at the end just to try and make it more like appealing to adults. I think maybe. so, yeah. I think it's, it's they've... It's, I think it's an odd time as well because 2002, 2001, 2002 and it's been made, that transition sort of between Dreamcast and the old style of the PS1 and PS, uh, PS1 and N64 and Dreamcast up to the PS2 and Xbox. I think it was the last sort of... There wasn't many games after that. I can't remember any games like after that. Which, which were able to sort of get very creative. A lot of ones afterwards, the big licenses, they've had to sort of go for a much more adult audience or a kiddie audience, whereas Evil Twin sort of straddles the two. That's that's interesting, interesting point, yeah. Okay, so we've had Sonic Adventure 2, Evil Twin. I'm going to go for Super Magnetic Neo, is my honourable mention. And that's because, even though it looks like a kid's game, it's very much an adult's game mm-hmm. because it's so goddamn difficult. Yeah. Have you, any of you guys played this? I one? have. I have quite a, I, That was actually going to be my pick for best uh, best platformer. I love that game. Really? Okay. I mean, it still, it still can be, but... <laughs> <laughs> so I won't talk too much about it because I'll, I'll let you kind of wax lyrical about it if, if that's your favourite. But uh, basically, you play this little robot. He's got a magnet in his head and he is able to grab a hold of or repel himself away from opposite polarities of magnet in the world it's kind of in the same vein as crash bandicoot whereas it's kind of like a, a 2.5d mm-hmm. or what was that game on the saturn and the playstation the pandemonium yes. oh yeah. kind of uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that and uh, I, I just think it's it's an amazingly good looking game and the um the variety in the world the story is just kind of off the wall you've got this baby in a mech suit for example who's controlling this band of pirates like it's just so so ridiculous. Uh, I won't talk too much about it, though, obviously, because uh, I'll let you uh, oh. get to that le- later on, Max. But, um, yeah, Super Magnetic Neo, it's a fantastic game. Also, why are his why are this robot's trousers so tight? Like, you can see every kind of defining curve of his ass cheeks oh, yeah. as, he's run- as he's running along into the screen. It's like <laughs> they've spent far too long modelling the ass on a robot. It's like... <laughs> well, I suppose, I suppose robots, robot's pants could actually be that tight, couldn't they? Because if they, you know, nothing to, like, get trapped. And they they have no pain yeah. sensors, so I mean they're not getting clenched. Yeah. Cut, down, <laughs> cut down fabric costs. Actually, Tom, how you raise it, Tom? It's a very sensible point. But, but why give it buttocks? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's why not? Why? Robot. Why yeah. not? Exactly. Why not? We have the power. We have the technology. Yeah. Asses for everyone. Exactly. That's a fair point. It's a fair point. Okay. <laughs> Asses for everyone. Cool. Okay. So uh, honorable mentions we've had. Sonic Adventure Two. We've had Evil Twin, Cyprian's Chronicles, and we've had Super Magnetic Neo. If you're uh, if you if you're on the uh, on the fence as to which platform games you might want to investigate, check all three of those out if you can afford Evil Twin. That is mm-hmm. okay. Those are honourable mentions. And when we come back after this very short break, we will dive into our not so favourite mentions. Welcome back to episode 38 of the Dreamcast Junkyard DreamPod. We are talking about platform games. We've already discussed our least favourite. Now we're going to talk about some that we're not overly enamoured with. I was going to say rubbish, but to be honest, there aren't actually that many really bad platform games on the Dreamcast, in my opinion, anyway. So we're actually kind of going to talk about ones that we, for whatever reasons, don't feel are up to scratch for the Dreamcast, or or terrible, if, if that's the way you want to take it. Um, we'll, uh, we'll go in the same order again. We're going to come to you first, Max. Which game do you, which game leaves a bad taste in your mouth? I uh, I vote Tomb Raider Chronicles. Uh, 
Tomb Raider 1, 2, and 3 really set a high bar and showed everybody, like, this is what puzzle platformers can be in the 3D era. I felt so much more realistic in an era where Mario 64 was blowing up store shelves. And then all of a sudden, this next one comes along that we thought was going to be Tomb Raider 4, but instead it's this sort of prequel, sort of side story with, like, rehashed levels. It just, it felt... It was the first time I ever played a game as a kid that I was like, oh, this is because they ran out of ideas. It is, it's not even that it's a terrible offender. It's not even that it's a broken game. It's just so blah. Is it Tomb Raider, The Last Revelation? It, there's a Last Revelation, but there's also Chronicles, right? That's what I, I have it on my shelf behind me. Isn't that what it's called? Let me, let me check. There's two separate ones on the Dreamcast, right? Let me, yeah, yeah uh, Last Revelation came out first and then Chronicles came out last. Maybe I'm getting my release order mixed up because I definitely played Chronicles first and I remember playing mm. it and just being like, what the hell? Yeah, it's called Tomb Raider 5 in Japan. So that is the fifth installment. But e- e- either way, it was the first one I played. I don't know if it's... Obviously, I was a broke kid, so I didn't get games super updated, <laughs> and everything on the Dreamcast was dirt cheap because I think it, it died so fast. But I remember buying that and just being like, I think I need a refund. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, my um, my thoughts on Chronicles are kind of – I played it. I, I'm not a big fan of it, mm-hmm. but I, th- I thought it was actually better than The Last Revelation, which was the one I played first. And when I remember when I first got my Dreamcast, uh, The Last Revelation was actually on a demo, I believe. And I played it, and I was just like, what is this? This is – hardly better than the playstation yeah. game so you know you've got just i'm literally i'm specifically talking about Re- the last revelation here there's there's levels in that game where you are walking along and the draw distance is that bad that it's actually building itself in front of you and i'm just like <laughs> is this really what i should be seeing on a dreamcast but going back to to chronicles if, if that's your choice then yeah then fair enough i preferred it to last revelation but it's still not a great game to be honest it seemed like they moved all the really talented passionate level designers to other projects at that point when i think shortly after that is when edios really started having trouble because they were just like oh, we don't know what we're doing oh shit what about you mike have you played chronicles i i echo everything that's been said it's it it just seemed like it was a tired game it just seemed like they were just producing like it doesn't seem like it they were just making them to make money at that point um, the mm. controls are also terrible. Oh god, yeah. I have a really, really bad issue with with bad controlling games. I I can't I can't get through to either Tomb Raiders because they're just so badly controlled. Surely, surely they have enough time to work out a good button mapping on that controller. But no. And jump distance. You you remind me. That's the only game I ever remember where she jumped in such a wide fashion. <laughs> like her arc was so bad, you'd have to step back right, to yeah. jump over gaps. Yeah. Like what is your? Who made this? Yeah. Because <laughs> Chronicles was the last one before the, the kind of like the, the first reboot. Because after yeah. that was it the Angel of, Angel of Darkness. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was the that was meant to be like the gritty reboot on the PS2, wasn't it? But yeah, Chronicles. Um, I don't. To be honest, I don't really like any of the two Raider games apart from the new ones. Oh yeah, the new ones are fantastic. I think the problem with the two Raider games as well is they were. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure someone will, but I, I'm they're the Windows ports, aren't they? I think they use oh for the for the yeah, Dreamcast. I think they I think they use the the Windows oh CE. I, I don't think there's many games on the Dreamcast that actually are any good if they use that. You can tell it's the ones that are really bad, slow down and and just poor ports. Running in a straight line gets choppy. It's like you know where I'm going. How are you not preparing the exactly. system? Yeah. One of the over overarching things that I remember from Tomb Raider: The Last Revelation. I'm not sure if it's the same in Chronicles. Was the the texture of of Lara Croft's face? <laughs> and um, I, I, rem- I think we spoke about this on a very early episode of the Dream Pod. But I, what I used to do was I, I would position Lara Croft so that she was looking kind of straight at the camera, and then. 
her facial expressions would change, but it was basically just as if the game was replacing one expression with another, but it had been drawn in like Microsoft yeah. Paint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like the, the blinking animation and, they, and just her like like a mouth as it would change. Like, and it, I'd just start, sit there and stare at it and wait and see what she did next. It was just kind of fascinating how bad it yeah. looked. <laughs> it's almost one of those situations where it's like the PlayStation 1 graphics sucked, but they were so bad my imagination filled the gaps. This is just realistic enough that you can be like, oh, yeah. this is shite. I that's see. Why, yeah. Cool. Okay. Two Meta Chronicles. That's in the bag. Uh, Mike, what's your unhonorable mention? No, worst game, Tom. Uh, <laughs> oh, worst game? Wow. <laughs> if we've gone past honorable mentions, um, I was going to pick Tomb Raider, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick. I'm going to pick Satan Smash Pack. Not because of the games. The games are awesome. But all of the Mega Drive Genesis games are fantastic games. Apart from Wrestle War, which isn't a platformer, but it was a terrible inclusion. But the sound. <laughs> The emulation of the sound, it just makes the game impl- unplayable. And I think, you know, we all know now that the, the emulation on Mega Drive games are so good um, on the Dreamcast. How they made it so poor is, is terrible. Vector Man especially. Vector Man was, is, is literally unplayable. Oh, yeah. It's a great game on a Mega Drive, but on Sega Smashback, you just can't do it because it's, it's, it's just, I think it's out of sync. It just doesn't, it, no, awful. You're right. You, you tap, shoot, and there's like a two-frame yeah. delay. Like it literally, you will like see, like, I didn't press the button. Why is it shooting? So it's not, it's not picked because they're bad games, picked because of the terrible, terrible programming. I did a, uh, a feature on Sega Smashback a, a while back because it never got a, it never got a PAL release. No. So a lot of people maybe aren't familiar with what it is. Um, I did an article on it, and I I recorded some footage of Sonic um, Sonic One, and it sounded awful. The sound emulation is yeah. terrible. It's almost it doesn't sound anything like the actual proper version on the on the Genesis yeah. or the Mega Drive of Sonic. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and even even the other games like Streets of Rage sound yeah. terrible as well. So yeah, I, I can totally see see where you're coming from. Hi, don't mind me, this is just Tom from the future. I thought it might be worth actually giving you a little bit of a demonstration on how bad the sound is in Sega Smash Pack. So this is music from Sonic the Hedgehog on the Sega Mega Drive Stroke Genesis. And this is Sonic the Hedgehog's main music from Green Hill Zone on the Sega Smash Pack on the Dreamcast. difference as you can tell anyway back to the original podcast recording wasn't smash pack was the game that had the hidden emulation readme file yeah yeah it had the yeah it had the hidden readme file on about how to create an emulator for the dreamcast yeah it, it had the name of the hacker group labeled as what the file was so it was clearly a message to them yeah so that's a fascinating that disc alone is, is podcast worthy you know its own kind of episode there's so much that went on regarding that particular mm. saga really and, and and then that actually led to the the, you know, the the other Sega Mega Drive emulators coming yeah. out for the Dreamcast mm-hmm. so yeah okay cool right then. Take a smash pack oh. in the bag. Okay. I am going to choose for my... Is it unhonorable or dishonorable? dishonorable. I, I, I labeled it as worst, yeah. so I'm not sure if I was... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if unhonorable is actually a word, but uh, yeah, dishonorable, unhonorable, either way, bad, bad game, is... 
the Grinch Ooh, from okay. Konami. Mm -hmm. And the reason for this is twofold. Uh, the first one is because it's literally a very bad PlayStation bot. And the second one is that it's from Konami. And rather than look at any other games in the Konami back catalogue, they decided to release The Grinch. And it just blows my mind that they didn't, you know, put all that effort into something other than that yeah. atrocity. You know, Konami did put out some decent games on the Dreamcast. They put out Deadly Skies, mm -hmm. uh, which is quite an, a decent flight sim. Um, they also did a Track and Field, mm. which is decent. <laughs> your your games are not. Uh, they, they, <laughs> I, I think Konami games on Dreamcast are terrible. I think I think Track and Field is is pretty much a PS One port. The, the characters on Track and Field are terrible. Deadly Skies, which I think is Deadly Skies, got a different name in America. I'm trying to think. It's called um, Air Force Delta. Air Force yeah. Delta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I thought. I was like, I know I've played it. I've played it hell. I think that's the only the only game on Dreamcast from Konami which actually is any good. The rest of them, I don't know what they were doing. I don't know what they were doing. They might as well have stayed away like EA. They might have been better job then. It also showed what I think one of the biggest things that hurt the Dreamcast's marketing is that all the companies didn't quite know what to put mm. on it, but they wanted to have something to sell yeah. on there. And so a lot of companies like Konami just went, okay, find our B team, just have them straight up directly port as cleanly as possible every from the PS1. Even though this is like almost PlayStation 2 quality graphics and processing just churn this old stuff out yep. again yeah i mean because konami initially they had some pretty good stuff like lined up they had obviously mm -hmm. castlevania which was cancelled and uh, there was rumor as well of them putting in an international mm -hmm. superstar soccer yep. game on the dreamcast which would have been phenomenal because i love the playstation games and then just to get things like the grinch <laughs> it's just like what I mean, the, the the worst thing about the Grinch is it's 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 a very basic 3D platformer, mm -hmm. and it looks terrible. It sounds terrible, but it was released to coincide with the release of the game, of the film with Jim Carrey in it, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, mm -hmm. or How the Grinch Stole Christmas, or whatever it's called. But it's actually got nothing to do with the film. It's got no voice work from Jim Carrey in it. It's got none of the same artwork or anything. It's actually more based on yeah. the on the books, you know, the cartoon books by Doctor Seuss. Rather than the actual film, did they even have a license for the film? Isn't that isn't that the reason? Didn't they have a license only for the for the book? Is that right? I didn't I didn't know that. I, 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 I don't know. I presume. I presume. It, it kind of seems like one of those things, like that new Ghostbusters game that just came out. That was, I mean, just pure pure garbage. I literally was going to review it, and I could not stay awake long enough to beat it. It's the only time that's ever happened to me <laughs> in my life. I was so boring, I falling asleep. And I think it was one of those things where it was like, okay, we need to have something labeled Ghostbusters, or we need yeah. something labeled Grinch on store shelves to put across the aisle from the dvd so just put anything out and it doesn't matter if the art's right just do it yeah 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 oh in its defense i will say that there is some quite good narration and some quite good uh like poet like you know like these rhyming sort of intros to the levels that kind of thing yeah that's quite that's quite cool i, I like that and um there's you know there's variation in the uh, in the stages but it's just it's not what you expect from from the dreamcast it's just it's like a rush job you know let's get this playstation game and shove it onto the dreamcast and just hope people buy it you know here you go something with brinch written on it because the kids want to watch the film right. terrible there are there are other obviously there are other examples of that kind of thing. Just look at all the Disney games, you know that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, my uh, my bad platform game would have to be The Grinch. Anyway, let's move on to the main event. Let's talk about some games we actually like. These are going to be our favourite platform games on the Dreamcast, and we will be back after this short interlude. <laughs>
Welcome back to episode 38 of the Dreamcast Junkyard Dream Pod. We are joined by YouTuber Dreamcast Guy. Hello. We're talking about platform. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> We're talking about platform games. We've spoken about our honourable mentions. We've spoken about our unhonourable mentions. Now we're going to talk about our favourite examples of platform games on the Dreamcast. There are some pretty good platform games on the Dreamcast, so let's just dive right in and speak about why we love them and what they are. Max, I'm going to come to you first. I think I already know what you're going to say. What's your favourite Dreamcast platform game? I'm definitely going to have to give it to Super Magnetic Neo purely because of creativity. Uh, I love the crazy art style like you mentioned earlier. It's almost like what we thought cartoons would turn into in the CG era. It's super cartoonish in its style. Everybody has big eyes and super goofy outfits like really clingy pants. But then it's also (laughs) an ultra-difficult puzzle platformer with all sorts of very multi-leveled stuff since he's a magnet he's constantly having to repel or magnetize items and break down doors i I like it uh i've never beaten it because it's so impossibly hard but i've definitely put my hours into it yeah it's very 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 difficult Mm. if you're listening to this and you want to play super magnetic neo just basically sit yourself down don't have anything around you that you can pick up and throw because you will pick it up and you will throw it honestly believe me uh, Mike, sorry. It is very hard. It is. I'll rephrase that. It is a very tough game, Tom. Very tough mm. game. It's hard, but I, I like your <laughs> advice of, I definitely, anybody who wants to try it, I highly, highly recommend you just sit down and I like set aside five hours in an evening and sit down, shut off your phone and just play that. Because it's one of those games that is very ingenious level design, a lot of creative use of mechanics, but it's so hard you have to really like steep in it and really try and figure stuff out. Because if you like messing with Twitter and stuff, you are just going to be like, this game sucks and shut it off in 30 minutes. Um, one thing I want to also mention is um, the way that the, the, the world is kind of set out, the, um, the hub world. Mm-hmm. And I find it fascinating how they've done it in that you move between worlds via these kind of, it's almost like a train system mm-hmm. where you have to grab, grab hold of these like magnetic balls that are flying around this environment it's just so charming the way they've done it you've got these different worlds so you've got different themed worlds and then neo himself will grab hold of one of these like magnetic balls and then the camera will kind of zoom out and it'll take you on this like 3d almost roller coaster ride around these different environments and i just thought that was really well done uh, as well as the fact that you get your own little house that you can find furniture for. Oh, yeah. And put things. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Such a fantastic little touch. There's so much to find, but you never really shown it. Initially, you only find it by, by exploring the, the hub world and you know, what happens if I go here or go there. And yeah, and, and the amount of different stages within each world, there's, there's a lot of game there. And also, the um, I'll tell you what it reminded me of. You know, you know Super Mario Sunshine on the GameCube? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got those kind of levels where you, it's it's got the sort of the uh, acapella kind of Mario music, and they like sort of bonus stages. And every now and then, one of those kind of pops up, and you have to kind of like jump up, 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 you know, up like this kind of like tube, mm-hmm. but using the different polarities and there's like different moving platforms, and it's it's a, it's a absolute masterclass in just frustration and, and how to you know you have to remember to repel you know north and south oh, yeah. and, and ha- what 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 sticks to what and what repels it. it's just i think it's it's really cool as an educational tool to show kids how to use magnets you know not that you would get a dreamcast out in a school school room and say why not <laughs> well, i think that's a, i think that's a side project for the junkyard i think we should go to schools 
and get Dreamcast out and explain the world to them. Well, I, I've I've always thought it'd be really I, straight up. Even when I was young, I thought it'd be a great idea to put uh, Typing of the Dead in classrooms oh. to teach kids to type. I just oh. thought that was the ultimate thing. That literally is the greatest idea ever. <laughs> literally, if if Sega had actually like conquered the gaming world like they were planning, I think that <laughs> that kind of thing could have happened. The amount of different add-ons and stupidness that Sega were putting out for the Dreamcast, all these like school school internet connection discs that they put out in Japan. Yeah. You know, we we could have seen you know kids typing you know like may, maybe speaking style on on keyboards. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's true actually. Yeah, when, whenever we do live events and we have typing of the dead with the keyboard, people just love it. You know, because it's so unique and novel. Mm. Um, but yeah, Super Magnetic Neo. So it's, it's a great game, well worth tracking down, and not that expensive either. So worth picking up if you like your mind bending puzzle games, platform games, even. Okay, Super Magnetic Neo. Right, Mike. What's your favourite platform game? So uh, it's got to be Sonic Adventure. Right. The first one, First yeah. one. Um, it's... Yeah, go on, Tom. I was going to say, a, a lot of people think it's a bit of a broken mess, uh, me included. See, but, uh, what? these people are idiots. Um, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> <laughs> included. Yeah, 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 again, I'm going to appeal to the fan base. Um, no, uh, I think I think Sonic Adventure is a, is a great... Don't, don't mention Shenmue. <laughs> I, I, oh, I can't, I can't say Shenmue. Um, Sonic Adventure, I think, is a, is a great... It's a gaming... Um, the equipment. How can I phrase this? Dog's dinner? No, it's not dog's dinner. Uh, <laughs> unless unless your dog is being fed literally prime cuts of beef, it is not a dog's dinner. Sonic Adventure One is a is a fantastic game. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Sonic Adventure One is is a is a, a gaming metaphor of the Dreamcast as a whole. Yes, there's a little bit. There's a little bit. <laughs> All right. There's little bits where the game's broken. Yeah, okay. No one likes you know Big the Cat. You know that fat purple idiot but when it gets it right i think it's it's a fantastic game i, I think the controls are in all seriousness i think the controls are actually really good i think people who say they have problems with controls on the adventure um haven't played 99 percent of the other platformers because they're terrible compared to it um and sonic's levels especially i think are, are fantastic i still think they're the best 3d levels i will say to you mike that the only good bit of Sonic adventure oh, one dear. is the bit it's the first stage the first action stage and that's when you get that killer whale coming up behind you <laughs> It's an, iconic, it's an iconic moment. And again, that's why that's why I'm saying it's a metaphor of the console for you. See, it, it grabs you straight away with something. And then after a while, it's a little bit poor. But then you get back and it's got some great bits in there. Windy, is it Windy Valley? That level was oh, amazing. Yeah. I love Windy Valley. I always liked the original Sonic Adventure because it kind of reminded me, uh, it almost felt like a, an early Metroidvania, an early 3D Metroidvania, how you're getting abilities to go to extra areas and that opens up new levels instead of just... Yeah taking you to new parts of the world, you're opening new parts of the existing world. I really, really respected it for that. Yeah, I think it's a really deep game. I think it's got a lot of stuff in the game. For for a first attempt, you know, we've got to bear in mind it came out in Japan in 1998, didn't it? It's Damn. an old, old game. They kind of reworked it, didn't they, for the Western release? Like, ironed loads of bugs out and things? They did. They ironed out some bugs, and obviously then they released the Western version again in, back in Japan as Sonic Adventure International. There's a couple of things that I, I didn't particularly like about Sonic Adventure. The first one was how Sonic's face moves when he speaks. <laughs> You've got to think about faces, haven't you, Tom? I have, yeah. This is like... This is like what you were on about before, Max, when you said in Deus Ex where people move their hands when they're yeah. talking about random objects. This is like my version of that. Like, why, Sonic, why is your entire face moving when you speak? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a hedgehog. He just learned English. you got to cut him some slack, Tom. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. He's a blue hedgehog <laughs> that runs at great speed. And the problem you have with him is his face. That's a problem there, Tom. That's a problem. That's a speciesist <laughs> argument, man. <laughs> Doesn't 
he doesn't he also have fangs as well when his mouth opens? I don't, he has, like, I don't think so. He's got Sonic a leash, isn't it? Yeah, Sonic a leash. He does. <laughs> I think. It was that early era where they just basically had a big white blob inside their mouth. Like, those are teeth. Just pretend those are teeth. <laughs> also, I, one of the well, two of the things that I wasn't too keen on were the um, the first like boss battle when you fight against um, what's it what's chaos? It called? Chaos, yeah, yeah. Chaos. chaos. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like broken. It was like because he's like in this like pool of water, and then it just you, you have to wait for him to solidify so you can action strike his head. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know how you do it, but I just when I, I remember playing it at the time when it was brand new, and I'm thinking this doesn't seem finished. It seems. I a think bit the biggest weird. problem with, with Sonic Adventure for most people who played it first, like me especially, or me especially, me included, I think it's the fact it wasn't Mario. It wasn't quite as good as Mario 64. Mm. But I think I think for Sega in the 3D world, I think you know after the disaster of, of the Saturn's 3D Sonic, I think it was a great game. I think I think I, I think games can sometimes uh, be elevated above their actual. Mechanics, dare I say, Shenmue again, a game I love. Yeah. It's a very similar thing, you know. If you break it down to parts, there's tons of things you can hate about the game, but actually, all combined, um, how many people bought Dreamcast due to that killer whale scene? I remember walking into Best Buy uh, and seeing they had a giant like "Welcome to the Future" and it's had the Dreamcast symbol, and they had these four big TVs. And I remember the the left two ones was. Uh, Echo the Dolphin, which, I mean, it looked like I was watching the Discovery Channel. Yeah. And then there was that whale scene. And I was like, I don't know what's going on in the ocean, but I want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Sonic Adventure. One other, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention is there's a particular stage that I absolutely hated. And that is you're actually kind of in this, like, jungle bit. And you're on top of the trees. And then you've got to go down into the jungle. And you've got to find this thing. And yeah. then go back <laughs> up on a, on a ladder. Oh, oh God. Levels, but... That gave me nightmares. It was that. It was that bad. Yeah, I, I hated it. Yeah, but Tom, stop, stop, focus on the negative. The positives outweigh <laughs> the negatives. Yeah, I, I do honestly agree <laughs> that the positives way, way outweigh the negatives. Like they do. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember as a kid, one of my favorite things was I beat the entire Sonic campaign first, and so we see the four forms of chaos, like Chaos Zero, Chaos uh, Four, because the more Chaos Emeralds he eats, he evolves into a bigger monster. For the listeners yeah. who haven't played it. And then when you play through the other people's campaigns, you'll see that they actually fought the interim forms as well. So, like, Knuckles runs into him when he's at, like, three-fourths power and is quite a beast at that point. And so it's cool to be like, yeah. the more I played the game, the deeper I got into this Sonic world. Exactly. I think it's it really good. It, it sort of it, it unraveled different parts of the story. And they were the way it was all put together, I thought, was really good for the time. I know since it's, it's obvious, you know, a lot of games now have these sort of you know, intertwining yeah. plots. But I think at the time, it was it was something I hadn't seen a huge amount, on consoles at least. Also, great, great intro music. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super <laughs> loud, though. That's the only game I can ever remember where, like, every time it started, I'm like, oh, God, turn it down. My mom's going to yell at me. Music on Sonic Adventure and, and Sonic Adventure 2, from what I've, from what I've played, fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's one thing, again, which the gaming world has sadly lost. Sega's fantastic music. I know Sega's still around, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about that, no. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so we've had a Sonic Adventure and Super Magnetic Neo. We're going to end with with my choice for my favourite platform game, and that is Rayman 2. All right. Rayman is a game I was familiar with at the time because I didn't have it on the Atari Jaguar. <laughs> I did have it on the I didn't have it on the Sega Saturn though, and I loved it. And then when this game came out, in fact, I actually first played it on the N64. Oh, right. and then. Only later did I play it on the on the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to sound really like shallow here, but I think one of the main reasons I love it so much is because it looks so good. I was thinking about this earlier on. The Dreamcast era 
was probably kind of like the last era when you had consoles of like such vastly different capabilities yeah. all o- occupying the same kind of generation. Oh, yeah. So you had the you had the PlayStation, you had the the N64 and then you had the Dreamcast. But then after that, all the different uh, generations, they've all kind of got similar power. Like so you've got the Xbox, the PS2 and the GameCube were Obviously, Xbox was more the most powerful of the three, but they still had quite similar level playing field. And now, obviously, there's very little to choose between the Xbox One and the, the PS4. But with the Dreamcast era, that that when you saw the Dreamcast version next to the, the PS1 version and the, and the N64 version, the N64 version looked great, but the, the, the Dreamcast version just looked light years ahead yeah. of the competition. It's just like, this is, this is why you buy a Dreamcast, you know. Look at it. It's like a playable cartoon. It's unbelievably good-looking. Not, not just that... You know, it's got a great story, really um, cool character. Not cool in a sort of an attitude kind of way, like Sonic was cool, but kind of like in a sort of a weird mute kind of way. That's <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what it is about Rayman that kind of draws me to him in in some way. But he, I just I kind of I just like the character. Obviously, I've been playing a lot of Rayman in the in the recent past on the Game Boy yeah. Advance and on the Vita. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is this was just kind of like a masterclass on how to take a traditional two D game and and give it a a three D revamp. Hmm. What, what do you guys think? I agree. And and on the topic of it's interesting back then that consoles not only had wildly different graphics powers, but it was also interesting that every console seemed to have its own speciality. Like it's mm-hmm. interesting that all the best RPGs were on PS1. The uh Nintendo 64 had GoldenEye, but that was like its only major shooter, GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. Whereas then Dreamcast comes out and all the really hardcore shooters started coming out on that, including almost Half-Life. It's cool that Every console used to have an actual like personality, and now they're just all basically the same thing with different controllers. Every console used to have its like its own USP kind of thing. This is what you buy this console for. That's what you buy that console mm-hmm. for. That kind of thing. With Rayman Two as well, it's interesting you draw a comparison to the consoles. It also had unique mini games that were specifically for the Dreamcast. Uh, it had little VMU games that were obviously just for the Dreamcast. It was all this extra, all these extra little details that they, they they said, you know, they gave to the player to say, look, you've invested in a Dreamcast. This is obviously at the time the Dreamcast was this new mm-hmm. thing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the, the future. We've put everything into this version. The amount of detail in the world, so you're running along, you've got like shafts of sunlight coming through. You've got butterflies kind of floating around and, even little like toadstools, kind of like jumping around and like forming little mounds, and then like re-deconstructing yeah. again. And oh, it just looks amazing. And like I say, it plays really well too. It, it, the controls are perfect. You know, on that even on that single analog stick, the controls are perfect. Yeah. The camera work is is brilliant. There's there's no. I, I'm trying to think of any particular moments where I've had problems with like the camera getting stuck behind a wall or something like that, and I can't even think of anything. Right. Uh, even all there's like loads of different modes as well, like different like gameplay styles, as, as well as the uh, the main like platforming levels. And there's other levels where you kind of like racing and things like that. So you've, you've got a lot of variation really in in, in there. Rayman Two is also a testament to like simple design done perfectly. Like it didn't try and add in all sorts of crazy crazy stuff. It was just like this is just an early 3D platformer done flawlessly. I remember playing yeah. it a bunch. I remember playing just the opening levels a bunch just because I liked how crazy and cartoonish the swamp was and stuff. Just being like, mm. I, I just want to like explore these levels, screw the objective. I think the, I think the testament to how good the game is, obviously, is when the 3DS launched. They relaunched the game on 3DS, didn't they? 
as Rayman 3D. Oh my, you're right. Well, yeah, I forgot about that. And it, and it, I think it, I think if I if I remember rightly, I think it was one of the highest rated games at the time. It just it hadn't aged at all. It's it, it just the game is is fantastic. I don't like Rayman usually, I got to admit, but I, I do love Rayman too. Yeah, they, they even they put it out on the PlayStation Two as well. I think was it Rayman M? I don't know. I think yeah, I think M. Yeah, I think M was for like I think it stood for multiplayer or something because you could I think you could play like two players at the same time playing through the main oh, game. Wow. Don't quote me on that. I might be wrong. I'm just going off memory. Rayman's been on pretty much every console, hasn't it? I think, but I think Rayman Two until. Until the latest one, which I keep on getting its origins, isn't it? The latest one, uh, Legends. Legends, Legends, Legends yeah, Legends yeah, came after Origins. Until those last couple of games, I think it was head and shoulders above the rest of them. Yeah, they've gone. Obviously, they've gone back to the more two D roots now with, uh, with as you say, with Legends and Origins. But they're still brilliant games. I, I love them. I, I can't praise them enough. And if you've got a Vita or you know any other console that plays or that hosts the new. Uh, the new Rayman games, I, I would say get them. But obviously, if you've got a Dreamcast or an N64 or even a PlayStation 1, go and get Rayman 2 because it's brilliant. Mm. Anyway, so we've kind of uh, come to the end there, a natural conclusion to our, our choices. It's uh, It's been interesting, I'll say that. <laughs> uh, certainly your uh, opinions on Sonic Adventure, Mike. And, uh, Whoa, Tom, let it go, for God's sake. <laughs> just, you know, just admit it, it's a great game, okay? It's, <laughs> never. It, well, never. Well. That's the hill you're going <laughs> to die on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, guys, I think we're going to draw it to a close here. And uh, it just remains for me to say a massive thank you to uh, to you, Max, for taking the time out to join us today for this for this episode. Obviously, you are on YouTube at Dreamcast Guy. Is there anything you want to pimp or give out details for that people can find you at? I just wanted to say a giant thank you to you guys having me on here. I'm a longtime fan of the show. This is so cool being on here. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. This has been a real, real treat. Thank you for having me on here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, as I say, you can find uh, Max on YouTube. Just type Dreamcast Guy into that little search window and you will find him mike you can be found on twitter i believe yes uh space underscore turnip yep space underscore turnip uh, i can be also be found on twitter i'm at tom lee c max you're on twitter as well what, where are you i'm just dreamcast guy i'm dreamcast guy on everything uh we can also be found as a collective on twitter at dc junkyard or the dc junkyard uh, we can also be found on facebook at facebook.com forward slash the dreamcast junkyard and groups.com or whatever it is groups forward slash dreamcast whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'll find you'll um, find us you'll, you'll figure it us. out you'll figure yeah. it out you'll figure it out yeah um also just want to say a massive thank you once again to all our patreon uh, supporters i'm just going to read out the names here at, at the end of the podcast there uh, we've got joe simkowitz we've got ben warwick adam lundgren daniel turner ben lancaster who is also the creator of the james and watch yep. indie games uh, we've got dave baldwin matthew smith tristan brown james Steele, sean robinson Dan Payton, DCGX, Spencer Johnson, who was on our fighting game podcast. We've got Garrett Otto, Chris Unwin, Alex Padilla, Jason Cathers, Brandon Aaron, Alex Hirsch, and John Thompson. Thank you all for your contributions. Even if you find that you can no longer spare the, the money that you, you know, contribute in and you decide that you don't want to patronise us anymore, that's fine. There's no hard feelings. Just, you know, if you want to cancel it, that's fine. What we're thanking you for is what you've given already. So massive thanks for that. Yeah, that, that'll do for us. I think, uh, oh, one last thing, you can find us on the on the good old internet at www.thedreamcastjunkyard.co.uk. And, uh, and that will do it for this episode. Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you to our guest, Max, aka Dreamcast Guy, and also to you, Mike. For uh, for taking the time out and uh, yeah, let's go and uh, let's go and enjoy the rest of our weekend. Woo! Thanks very much. Here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
Please stop this disc now. 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 Now.